to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Well, welcome, everybody. Welcome back to another week here. Um, this is going to be a busy week and probably a pretty quick one also. So let me just kind of run down what I think is going to happen as far as the other shows are concerned this week. Um, there's today's, of course, and I've got a few school-related stories to bring up. I've got some uh, jab news, some updated jab news, and then some audio that goes along with that as well. Uh, and it all, of course, ties in, as you might expect. And then on Wednesday, there will be an episode as well. And then Wednesday afternoon, I'm going to be talking to Damien and potentially Stacy as well from Canada to give us an update as to what's going on there. And my plan for that episode, once I'm done talking with them almost immediately, is to throw that episode up as a second Wednesday episode, just so people can get, again, a more current perspective as to what's going on there if they're interested. And then there will be a completely separate episode for Friday. So with all that said, uh, let me dive right in here. First of all, just a couple of topics off, off the bat here. First of all, as I've mentioned before, there's a lot of people, of course, mentioning Nuremberg 2.0 and a Nuremberg 2.0 trial and this, that, and the other, and the work that Reiner Fulmick has done in Europe with his law group uh, and all of the testimony, so to speak, that he's gathered from countless individuals about the jab and, and everything that's going on regarding all of that. They've put together what they call a court of public opinion. And again, a lot of people are claiming that this is an actual trial. It is not a trial. What all they've done, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing, it's not a bad thing, it's a very good thing, but no one is really on trial here, unfortunately, and, and certainly not yet. That's why they're calling it a, a court of public opinion. They've just gathered information, they've organized it chronologically, they've got a ton of professionals testifying throughout this event. And then they're airing these events, um, you know, one day at a time or one week at a time. I'm not sure exactly the, the timeline that they're airing these events, but it's not an actual trial is basically my point. So I don't want people to get confused if they hear about that or they see that and they think, oh, people are going to be prosecuted. You know, that's not happening right this second. It's an information gathering thing, and now they've reached the end of their information gathering, and now all they're doing is uh, presenting it to people in you know a, some sort of specified order to make sense for, again, those who haven't been paying attention or those who have been paying attention. In either case, it's, uh, it's remarkably important. I'm glad it's happening, but it's not a real court. It's a court of public opinion, and they say so even in their title. So, just wanted to mention that real quick because I know, again, it's there's just a lot of confusion with that right now, which is too bad. Um, but you know, the details are in the fine print there, and, and in their case, the details are in the actual title itself. So, this first story, though, back to the school-related stuff, and then I'll get into the jab stuff a little bit later. Um, this comes from the Gateway Pun, and again, this happened just a few days back. But more and more schools, again, are are really showing their true colors here. And uh, the students, thankfully, are also standing up as well. It's a little late, I think, for the students to be doing what they're doing, but baby steps for some of them, I suppose. More and more of them are recognizing that mandates don't mean mandatory and that the word mandate, legally speaking, means voluntary participation, that they never actually had to wear masks in the first place. Not ever. 
And now you have countless students in both America and Canada walking up and down the hallways, uh, waving flags, chanting no mask, no mask. They're entering schools without wearing masks in mass, which is, again, a great thing. But as I've brought up in the past, it's also Stockholm Syndrome. They're going back to the same environment that's abused them this entire time, only they're not complying with the abuser's rules and regulations, which is fine. I mean, it's, it's fine from the standpoint that they're not, they're not participating in the mask wearing. I don't think it's very healthy, though, that they're continuously returning to the same environment that's been hurting them this entire time and purposefully misleading them. And that's kind of the, you know, a, a real general theme here that I want people to understand is that the legal system, law enforcement, and school boards, and city councils, and mayor's offices, and you name it, they all prey on one thing. And that is that they know that the common citizen does not know their own rights. And as a result of that, they prey on you not knowing. And then it becomes easier for them to control whoever it is that they want to control. And they've been getting away with it for a very long time. But that, again, is, is, is commonplace among those institutions and those groups of people. Um, word manipulation. You've heard me bring it up a million times. I've, I've spoken about it. I've read it. I've written it as well. The word manipulation also matters. Again, people hear the word mandate. They think mandatory. They hear the word recommends or the CDC highly recommends. People interpret that as, well, if they recommend it, then we have to follow it. And the answer, of course, is no. The answer has always been no. Um, everybody has the right to breathe. You have the right to find your own valid information and, and live your life based on that because this is a free country whether people want it to be or not. The disappointing part is that we are seeing countless individuals who just love slavery. They love being told what to do because, again, they are incapable of individual thought. And I mean that at the most foundational level. We have endless individuals here that are fully incapable of thinking individually and act, acting individually as a human being. They have to surround themselves with people who tell them what to do because it makes them feel good. It makes them feel like they're doing the right thing when, in fact, always doing what other people tell you to do is, is not doing the right thing clearly. Um, I'm not sure what else I can say about that. They just, they're, you're talking about predators and prey, and they both happen to be on the exact same side, and they're using and manipulating one another, again, one to obtain more power, and then the other side to feel more powerful as a result of simply being told what to do. So it really is this sick, just insidious relationship that exists among the mind-controlled, but it's not going away. It's, um, it's getting worse with a great deal of people. Again, they're doubling down, doubling down with mask wearing. And when I say they, I mean just about anybody. If they've been wearing the mask, they're probably, they probably still are. I know a lot of people are waking up and that's a good thing, but it's, re it, I mean, it's reached the point where the only individuals that are actually starting to wake up a little bit are the people who are already jabbed. So the damage is done. And the damage is, of course, going to be there for quite some time, which is remarkably unfortunate. Uh, and it's costing a number of people their lives, including children, and we know that, and we've been over that before. But um, 
again, if the person is not wearing a mask and is unjabbed and has remained so the entire time, that person is about as awake as it can possibly get right now. Certainly at a baseline level of what someone would define as being awake. But uh, yeah, that's, that's about it. So just keep in mind that they're, of course, preying on countless individuals because they are 100% certain that the average individual does not know their rights. And it doesn't matter, again, the kind of school either that this is occurring within. Um, this, you know, the, the kinds of word manipulation and, and just taking advantage of a person's lack of knowing or believing that they don't know. Uh, it's happening again. I got an email from, from a gentleman just the other day describing the Catholic school where he teaches, and he says, you wouldn't believe it. It's absolutely horrific. And I said, put together an outline, and you can come on the show. You can come on the podcast, and we'll talk about it. Of course, last week, had a great individual again from a technical college. Same thing. It's, it's occurring in the trade schools and technical schools as well. The brainwashing, the manipulation, you name it. The, the metaverse... Uh, implementation of, of, of teaching practices, which are absolutely ridiculous, and it's destroying these organizations from within by the very people that are running them. And they don't seem to know that it's destroying them. Not to mention, of course, many of their employees are jabbed, and they're all getting sick and dying, and they're all wondering why. So uh, regarding the Stockholm Syndrome thing, here's a perfect example. And this is, again, it's the first article I wanted to read, but it's titled California High School Barricades Maskless Children in Gym. Staffers turn, Staffer turns down thermostat to freeze them out. This is absolutely nuts. Um, but it's California, so there you go. Oakdale, California. And again, this comes from the Gateway Pundit. Um, it's titled, High School Students in Oakdale Joint Unified School District began protesting the state's mask mandate after Governor Newsom was spotted at a 49ers game without a mask on. Quote, if they don't follow by their own rules, then they're trying to force, that they're trying to force upon me, why should I follow them? An Oakdale high school student told CBS 13. And again, the, you know, the, the pictures are ridiculous. They've got, I don't know how it would stop anybody really. Um, they've got the doors in the gymnasium closed and they've got tables set up in front of the doors. We'll move the tables, open up the doors, walk out of the school building and never go back. Just don't go back. Um, and a bunch of students left, which is great. Uh, you know, it's just, again, more video of them walking down the street and that's fantastic. The, the problem is, is that they're probably going to go back. These are all individuals that are literate. They're all individuals that, again, they can teach themselves at home. But this is part of the Prussian education system that has destroyed so many minds of so many people. And it, of course, leads into what we're seeing with the mask and the jab. I mean, it, it connects perfectly. We're talking about individuals that believe that they have to be told what to learn and when to learn it. And the answer is, is you don't. And you should never be told when to learn and when to learn it. People should want to learn the truth all of the time as often as humanly possible. For me personally, there's not enough time in a day for me to learn everything that I want to learn. Eventually, my brain just goes, you got to turn this off and you got to put it down. And then I do. But again, that normally comes later on in the afternoon after I've been at it all day long. So... It, it that in itself is its own form of mass psychosis and brainwashing is getting these students to understand that 
you can teach yourself anytime you want. You don't need this brick and mortar environment to do it. You can all read. The materials are out there. There's lots of material out there. All you have to do again is just read it and then you will acquire knowledge through that reading. But yeah, it's it's sad. So here's a quick little audio clip from that particular scenario and give this a listen. New tonight. Hundreds of students in Oakdale banned from class for not wearing their masks. The students say they were following Governor Newsom's example after pictures showed him maskless at the NFC Championship game over the weekend. So will their protests continue? And how is the district responding? We're getting answers. Students barefaced and packed into the Oakdale High School gym. Freshman Nolan Harris was one of them. Where by the end of the day, there was about 100 kids in there. Throughout Oakdale Unified's seven campuses, more than 100 other students ditched their masks, too, in protest of Governor Newsom's mask mandate. If they don't follow by their own rules that they're trying to force upon me, why should I follow them? Oakdale parent Melissa Goodman shared these pictures of dozens of moms and dads outside their child's school to show their support. They don't want to get in trouble. They don't want to disrespect their teachers, but they also want their right to share their smiles and to breathe freely. All demonstrations were peaceful, but Superintendent Dr. Dave Klein says learning was disrupted. He sent a letter to parents stressing the importance of keeping students in the classroom. They just aren't doing enough. Can they do everything? No, but they can do something. While the district braces for more demonstrations, Nolan says he plans to be on campus maskless again. When you face hardship, just because you're going through a tough time doesn't mean you should back down and give up in what you believe in. The superintendent says none of the students involved today are facing any kind of disciplinary action. Again, you know, it's Stockholm Syndrome. First of all, they're not going to face any disciplinary action because you'll have lawsuits from here to Timbuktu. Um, and, and unfortunately that's not even happening often enough within these schools that are segregating and discriminating, uh, students because they're not wearing a mask and suspending them because they're not wearing a mask. I mean, they're putting themselves in serious legal peril. I'd say that's number one. Number two, the kids saying I'm going back and I'm not wearing a mask and that's just the way it's going to be. Uh, you know, to, to that, I say, bro, uh, homeschool yourself, live a healthier life. Learn to learn to remanage your time, and and do what you would like to do throughout the course of a regular day without having to wake up early. Uh, you know, get on a bus or get in your car, drive to an abusive environment, and expect to learn again. When they say it's disrupting learning, when the administrators say that students not wearing their masks is disrupting learning, to that I would simply say, what learning is actually taking place within that environment? There is some learning that's taking place, but it's not the kind I'm sure that they intended. All they're doing is teaching these students who tyrants are and what tyrants are willing to do. But again, if the students themselves aren't learning from that behavior and learning to walk away from that behavior permanently, then yeah, there there might not be any learning taking place. Because again, this is the mass psychosis. This is the, the trap and the box that people get caught in is they believe that that building, because it's close to where they live or they're currently registered, that that's the only place where they can receive an accredited education that will allow them to go do something else for a living. And the fact is, is it's not. It never has to be that way. 
there are so many other options, but they just don't know what they are. And that, again, that just, therein lies the problem, and therein lies the bigger problem. And these schools, of course, are never going to teach those students about all the other ways in which they can learn because, as I've said in the past, there's a price tag on every single one of those students. And they don't want that price tag to go away because then they won't get their money. Here's the next story. Uh, Cal- uh, Colorado district forced to cancel classes after nearly 1,500 teachers call in sick to protest recently elected conservative school board member. And apparently now, again, the state of Denver, something, something in the chemtrails out there, uh, you know, they've, they've just got just nuts citizens. I mean, they're actually protesting with signs and screaming and yelling because they were because a conservative school board was was lawfully elected. They've they've taken away the mask mandate. And now you have parents and endless others uh chanting and carrying signs and protesting regarding the school district dropping the mask mandate because conservatives got on the school board. I Again, some people just love slavery. They love their own slavery. They love being enslaved, and they love their masters and being abused, and they can't imagine being a free human being. And these people will never be free. Again, this is this is a massive, massive problem. We're talking about, again, it's, there are hundreds of people. Standing outside of this school district, you know, saying we need masks, masks are the only way, blah, blah, blah. And and again, what's funny is, is that some of these people who are holding up signs that say we need masks in school are, are maskless, and they're standing around other people who aren't wearing masks either. So, I mean, they, you know, I, I really don't know what else to say here. Um, it's beyond Stockholm Syndrome. It's it's far worse than that. They they will never they will just never be free human beings. They just won't. These are the kinds of the, these are perfect examples of individuals that need they need to be slaves. They need someone to tell them what to do and when to do it. And I feel bad for them. I actually kind of do. Because their decision making process is not going to get better with the jabs coursing through their veins. It's just not. And I've been over that in past episodes as well. Judgment and cognitive ability are not going to increase with time among the jabbed. They will become less and less rational, uh, more irrational. And again, if they're in positions where they're having to make decisions for the masses, buckle up because it's going to get real interesting, I think, in the future regarding that. And again, here's one of the last examples I wanted to bring up. It falls perfectly in line, again, with with what I just said. And this, again, shows a serious lack of cognitive ability. It's absolutely awful. This comes from RT. I put this video out on on Gab as it was bouncing around the old interwebs. And it's titled, Preschool Stages Black Lives Matter March for Young Students. And it's small kids carrying signs and chanting slogans to show that they've learned what they've learned during so-called Black Lives Matter at School Week. Uh, it says the following: A school in Washington D.C. has provoked controversy online by posting a video of its kindergarten stu- students marching with Black Lives Matter signs and chanting slogans in support of the cause. 
We're talking about elementary school kids here. These kids are five. They're five years old, if not, if not slightly younger. Um, they're all holding up cardboard signs on stakes. They all look generally the same size. And they're chanting Black Lives Matter as they march in a line. White and black students of all kinds. It's, um, it's awful. So, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what else to say. Here's a Twitter post from someone. It says, teaching kids is one thing. Having them march and chant is quite another. I wouldn't want my five or six-year-old to do this no matter how much I believed in the slogan. Come on, people, this is kindergarten. Teach them. Don't force activism on a small child. But see, herein lies the problem. This is what teacher education programs are doing with those that actually still want to be school teachers. And as I've said in the past, they're having a very hard time finding individuals that are going to college who want to be school teachers, which means who are they hiring now? They're hiring the most radical individuals that they can, that they can find at the local level to teach these individuals. And that's not working out for the logical thinker because these people are irrational. They are activists. They are politically motivated in every sense of the word. And none of it, of course, aligns with freedom or independence. All of it is communistic driven and Marxist driven, and that's just the way that it is. I mean, it's, it's, it's becoming beyond repetitive and nauseating now. Um, you know, the only thing that we haven't really seen yet, and I certainly don't want to, this is awful, but I mean, it's gotten to a point where they're going to start normalizing sexual abuse on camera in school and then chalk it up to some curriculum development or some kind of lesson that, that was taking place uh, you know, within the school. I'll give you another example. Um, very recently, just the other day, there was a school apparently in New York where a substitute was apparently teaching. And it's odd because the substitute is sitting at, at, at a desk in this classroom, at what I assume is the teacher's desk toward the front of the room. And the other students are, of course, sitting in their seats, and they're recording what's on the screen. But what's on the screen and what the substitute teacher are saying are two different things. The substitute is talking about Black History Month and this, that, and the other. But what's flashing up on the screen, which I'm assuming is connected to the computer that the substitute was using, is nothing but Amazon ads and online uh, purchase orders or purchase ads and pictures and advertisements for sex toys. So again, I, you know, I don't have enough, I don't have a ton of context on that particular story. I even tried to find it uh, from the New York Post, which is where, where it originally came from. Couldn't find it. Wasn't really that interested in digging into the specifics of it. But the point is, is you at least see it on screen. So it certainly happened. But, um, you know, what's the follow-up on that? I mean, was that, was that trying to be normalized in some way? How did that connect with anything that was being discussed in the classroom? It had no connection whatsoever, clearly. Um, you know, but how far are these people going to go? I mean, that's bad enough. What next? Are we going to start watching? Again, I mean, I don't know. We, we've seen it all, is my point. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's repetitive and stupid. We've, we've seen everything we can possibly see on film now 
within American schools, all of the degenerate behavior, all the illegal behavior, everything, fighting, sexual assault, sign carrying, protests, locking children in, in gymnasiums, locking them in rooms that are uh, for COVID quarantine, quote unquote. What else do people need to do? And what else do they need to see in order to leave these environments? I just don't know. I really don't. People, people have different breaking points, and apparently some people have no breaking point whatsoever. So, with that said, let me play this piece of audio now as I slide into some jab news stuff here. This first piece of audio comes from an Australian who is involved in the funeral industry. And you're going to hear what she says regarding the numbers of people that she's seen show up. Again, I, I assume she's associated with a funeral home of some kind. Um, but just give this a listen and get a load of what she says because it's frightening. So what were you saying? Um, definitely a lot happening. Um, if people only realize they could step one day into the amount of babies people, the babies that we're doing, um, um, young, men, young men, all um, heart attacks, strokes, blood clots, um, and the odd thing we're finding is the paperwork is um, inconclusive and unknown. It's not their dying uh, no services, straight to the um, furnaces, um, and then the, the people are getting their ashes back with the urn. Um, but we're flat out picking up. Uh, some of the places are actually instilling extra large uh, freezers that hold a minimum of 20, and uh, some of them are ordering eight big containers that each hold, hold 20 bodies. So um, everyone just needs to realise, don't do it, man. Look at it from us. We've had enough. We don't want to see the little kids that are getting jabbed. Which we're waiting. It's going. It's going to come. It's going to be the next thing coming. Hundred percent. So um, babies are enough. Where are you located? In Sydney. Um, I won't give names because yeah. it, it, it's a very clicky business to be in. Uh, some people are are not awake in it. So um, we have to be careful who we talk to and whatever. And um, we don't care, jabbed or not jabbed, don't care. Everyone just needs to know, don't do the kids. Don't do the kids, guys. They, you know, they have a life ahead of them and, and we're seeing the other side of this. And mm, this is just devastation, absolute devastation. She's 100% right. They want the children next. They want newborns. That's, that's what they want. The, the human race right now is the experiment. Always has been. That was the entire point. But um, beyond an experiment, of course, it's depopulation. And that's the issue here. So I don't know what else I can add to that other than read from this expose article here, which also is very, very telling. And this comes from just yesterday. Uh, it's titled... Official government of Canada data suggests the fully vaccinated are just weeks away from developing acquired immunodeficiency syndrome. Now, here's the other thing, too. This is a particular post, again. It was just bouncing around social media, so I don't, um, 
you know, you can leave it up to yourself to figure this out. But again, a couple of anonymous posts here, but it says the first post is responding to a, the, the second major post, basically. And this is all on Twitter. But it says, I don't think people have the slightest clue as to what they did to themselves. And then the major post says this. It says, and this is from Lily Billy Jabby Dodger on, uh, on Twitter, I assume. It says, I work for a consulting firm. One of our clients is mass-producing lateral flow tests for HIV, scheduled to be ready for distribution within a month. Why would they need mass testing for HIV? I think we know why. I've certainly covered it on this particular podcast, and I'm not tooting my own horn regarding the business of, uh, of these shots causing HIV, but... I said this publicly a long, long time ago, in fact, approximately one year ago, in the last book I wrote about it. And then throughout the entire spring of 2021, I was mentioning this specifically. And then, of course, I asked Dr. Angie Farella back in, I believe that was May of 2021, when she was on the podcast, and uh, she wasn't 100% certain. I mean, she said there's certainly some similarities, but I'm not sure, you know, I, I really don't know and whatever else. So, again, if a person wants to go back in time and listen to that from May of 2021, they, they, they certainly can. But all of the properties of HIV were there and they still are there. And unfortunately, again, not many individuals are reaching this particular stage because as you even heard Senator Ron Johnson say when it came to the cancer element of these shots, he said, well, I just don't think that the public's ready to hear that yet. Imagine what the public would think if they knew that they had willfully injected, not willfully, of course, they they didn't know what they were injecting themselves with because again, who would say, you know, one of the side effects of this particular shot is HIV, and you're you're basically injecting yourself with the same properties that HIV has. So, want to take the shot? Most people would say no, if not all of them would say no. But if they found out the truth of that, um, again, their own cognitive dissonance would probably deny it no matter how much they read about it and how much they heard about it and whatever doctors actually said, this is exactly what it is. So I want to read through this briefly here. Again, it's terrible, but we've known this for quite some time, at least those of us that have been paying attention to this and and connecting the dots. Um, Okay, it starts off, it says, government and Canada data on COVID-19 suggests that most of the fully vaccinated, and it says most, so not sure what that means, but most of the fully vaccinated are developing full-blown COVID-19 vaccine-induced acquired immunodeficiency syndrome, or AIDS, and it's been referred to as VADES as well. After confirming that the immune system of the fully vaccinated have already degraded to an average of minus 81%, The COVID-19 figures are produced by the government of Canada, see here. It says the latest data is available as a downloadable PDF here. This is an excellent article. Uh, I may link this in the description. Um, It continues, it says, page 20 onwards contains data of COVID-19 cases from the very start of the COVID-19 vaccination campaign in Canada on the 14th of December in 2020, all the way through the 15th of January, 2022. And then the first chart says characteristics and severe outcomes associated with unvaccinated, particularly, I'm sorry, partially vaccinated and fully vaccinated 
confirmed cases reported to PHAC as of January 15th of 2022. So here's what the chart says, and they ultimately end up saying that, a, that this appearance, as this chart portrays, is actually fraudulent. So here's what it says. It says unvaccinated cases are 771,095, cases not yet protected, 44,494, partially vaccinated, 61,209, and fully vaccinated, 581,635. It then says below that chart, it says, at first glance, it would appear as if Canada is currently experiencing a pandemic of the unvaccinated, with the fully vaccinated not far behind. But this appearance is a fraud. By looking at the previously published report with figures on cases between the 14th of December in 2020 and the 4th of December in 2021, and then carrying out simple subtraction, we are able to deduce the number of COVID-19 cases by vaccination status between the 5th of December 2021 and the 15th of January 2022, and they are astounding. Here is the table for the number of cases by vaccination status between the 14th of December in 2020 and the 4th of December in 2021, thanks to the gift by the Wayback Machine. Characteristics and severe outcomes associated, unvaccinated, partially vaccinated, and fully vaccinated confirmed cases reported to PHAC as of December 4th, 2021. Among the unvaccinated, you have 709,123. Cases not yet protected, you have 43,114. Partially vaccinated, 52,116. And fully vaccinated, 88,742. This is the following chart of the number of cases by vaccination status between the 5th of December 2021 and the 15th of January 2022. Once we simply subtract the four December figures from the 15th January figures in the above two tables, what you have is, is you basically, this is awful. Okay. The number of COVID-19 cases is dramatically higher among the fully vaccinated is basically where this is going. They, they are the ones with a compromised immune system. So among the fully vaccinated, the, the number of COVID cases are 492,893. Among the partially vaccinated, the number of COVID cases are 9,093. And among the unvaccinated, 61,972. Keep one thing in mind here. And there are more and more charts as, as this article continues. And it's a lengthy article. What it's, what it's telling you, again, and it's worth revisiting, is the, the definition of the word cases. A, a case is a test. That's it. When a person takes a test, that's considered a case. We know the tests are fraudulent. So it has nothing to do with whether or not it's a positive or a negative test. Although those companies are calculating all of that, and they're saying, okay, this schmuck decided to take this test. They were dumb enough to upload it onto the QR system of our company. They did it. We're counting it as a case, and we're counting it as a COVID case. And then, of course, they have to pop in whether or not they are vaccinated, unvaccinated, or fully vaccinated. So what they're doing is, is they're trying to do their, they're trying their hardest to make it look like 
it's the unvaccinated who are getting ill or are actually ill, when in fact that is not the case. It is by and large the fully vaccinated without a doubt. The more shots they take, the sicker they are getting. And every single time they take a test while, again, quote unquote, fully vaccinated, it's coming back positive because, again, the tests are faulty. And so what does a positive, quote unquote, test actually mean? No one really knows. Again, these, these companies, the, you know, like the Binax company, they have got to be taken out. They absolutely have to be taken out. And there's a piece of audio I want to play here from the Binax, uh, about the Binax group specifically, because they are engaging in a massive fraudulent campaign here. I mean, these people have to go to jail, if not be executed for what they've done. Or 25th of 2021, the CDC released an order continuing to deceptively act as if they have that authority requiring proof of negative COVID tests from all international air travelers two years old and up boarding a flight to the United States beginning on December 6th. The passenger has to be tested within 24 hours of travel. To meet these CDC requirements, the tests can be self-administered. The tests are not approved by the FDA, but have been greenlit under the Emergency Use Authorization Authority. So if anything goes wrong, the manufacturer is free of liability. What could go wrong is that Abbott has included the lethal drug sodium azide into the do-it-yourself test kit. Sodium azide has caused deaths for decades. Even minute amounts can cause organ damage, sowing most of its damage into the heart and brain. There is a small warning and instructions not to touch the swab to the Regent solution the lethal sodium azide. But mistakes happen, and there have been several deaths and injuries in hospitals and laboratories by trained professionals handling sodium azide. In one instance, sodium azide was poured down a drain, causing it to explode and release toxic gas. Sodium azide is fatal if swallowed, fatal in contact with skin, and fatal if inhaled. And it is now included in over-the-counter test kits for frantic everyday citizens to hurry through a day before international travel, including two-year-olds. What could go wrong? For Infowars.com, this is Greg Reese. And again, the test name that's highlighted through that, throughout that entire report is Binax. It's the Binax test. It says it all over the screen. Binax now. And of course, the Binax test is the one that they have students using on a constant basis and school teachers using on a constant basis. So I agree with Greg Reese. What could possibly go wrong? It can make them sick. The actual test itself can make these people ill. But they don't know that. And even if presented with the truth, they wouldn't ever want to believe that either. Here's the last piece of audio that I wanted to play. And this comes from Dr. Lee Merritt. And she's having a conversation with Dr. Tom Cowan. And Dr. Lee Merritt has a, I believe, a, a weekly audio podcast, video podcast um, on her website, The Medical Rebel. So again, if you just type in Dr. Lee Merritt on DuckDuckGo or another search engine, her website will pop up and you can check it out. Um, 
I really enjoy it. Again, I think I think Dr. Merritt's ahead of the curve on a lot of the COVID stuff and, and describes a variety of different things. Again, the the impact it's having on the military, the 5G rollout, how 5G directly impacts uh, the graphene oxide within the, within the shots themselves and how, again, that's going to manipulate people and, and make them sick. And of course, we're seeing that regarding the Olympics. That needs to be mentioned. There's at least, I believe, uh, three or five people that have already died at the Olympics, just fallen over dead. You know that they're testing out the 5G over there in China and kicking that up into high gear. And I'm again, I'm, I'm certain that's making people ill. But the the issue that they discuss is the issue of virology. And Dr. Cowan does a great example of mentioning how, again, virology is not only based on a lie, but you're manipulating a human cell and then just giving it the name of virus. So I'm going to play this audio here. Again, it lasts for about five minutes or so, and he describes exactly how this is easily manipulated and then falsely given the name of virus. And then as we know, you can keep that name alive for a very long time. Because again, as I've brought up in the past, virology has been disproven well over 120 plus years ago. But once you disprove something like that, it, that's not going to make any profits. You have to keep illness alive and the names associated with illness alive in order to make money. Because other than that, the entire thing just crumbles in on itself and the house of cards falls to the ground. So you're going to hear his descriptions here, and he starts off with a termite example, which is 100% accurate. And again, it has to do with, again, people manipulating human cells and then injecting human cells or human bodies with outside poison. And then they see these poisonous-looking human cells, and then they just give it the name of virus. You know, the way, to, the way to think of this for people who maybe haven't heard this, and I can sort of use you, Lee, as a foil here. If, 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 if you have a house, right? People have houses. They have wooden stuff in their house from the outside. And the wood was rotting at the bottom. And you say, I wonder if there's termites eating my house, right? Because you've heard that's possible. So you go and look, and you don't see any termites. And then you call a termite company and they look and they don't see any termites. And then you call 150 worldwide famous termite companies and they all look with microscopes and whatever. None of them see termites. Do you still think termites are eating your house? Now, if one of them said, I have a way of proving that actually there are termites. So I can take some of your wood, grind it up in a blender, put it in a big vat, put some termite eggs in there, and termite growth powder, and in a few days the termites will hatch, and then that proves the ter that your house had termites. <laughs> you would say, this guy's a lunatic, right? <laughs> uh, because that's nonsense. And yet, if you look, and so you say, what did I write the book about? I, I wrote a, the book because here's the fact which every virologist agrees to, and I can even explain that a little bit. There is not one published scientific paper where any particle that you could call a virus, and remember, a virus is a thing, it's a particle, we can sort of see it under 
an electron microscope, even though that's problematic. But uh, so this thing, they tell us, there's not one published paper in the scientific literature finding this thing in any biological fluid of any sick human or animal. Anywhere. And everybody agrees. All the virologists agree. They say that's not how you find a virus. They all that we have 150 uh, like institutions, the NIH and the CDC, etc. We ask them, can you show us a paper finding this particle in a bio in the, any fluid of any sick person? And they say we don't have such a paper. They don't have an isolate, but do, I mean, they no, they claim they cannot find the virus in any fluid. Now, even though they, they say there's a reason for that, because that's not how they do it. But just think back to, to the termites. There are no termites there. There's right. no virus, even though they say you have to grow it in a culture. Now, here's the first question. Since the viral theory is I breathe in this virus, it uses my lungs as a culture, right? And so then it grows, and then it's teeming with viruses that get spewed out in the world. Why can't you find it in your lungs? It's a culture. Oh, your point is if you do a direct electron microscopy of the fluid, you won't see this. Never. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, I see. Never, not once. We asked a guy who was 20 years, uh, you know, a senior virologist at Wuhan Institute of Virology, 20 years head of Yale Virology Laboratory. Can you find SARS-CoV-2 in any fluid of any person you say has COVID? He said no. Why not? Because there's not enough virus to find. Okay, we asked him, what about if you put 10 people with supposed COVID and you mix their bronchial fluid together? Is there enough? No. 100 people? No. 1,000 people? No. Not enough to see. 10,000 people? You mix their fluid together. Would you then have enough virus to see? And he said no, and then he wouldn't answer anymore. So, but he claims what we see on the EM, on the electron microscopy slides, are in fact virus particles. The, the little the little blab what things. What he says that, is you have to culture them. Right, but but you can't see that. So if you don't put them through that rigorous, you know, terrible and amphotericin and all that to get the, the these things, they don't show on a standard cell just put through without culture. See. I think what's happening is you're confusing people. Just stick with stick with the program. There is no virus to see in your lungs right. or in your snot. Not that they would anywhere. Yeah. yeah. So just like the termites. So what do you do? You take the snot and you don't purify it. You don't right. find anything. You mix that with fetal calf serum. Right, which and then you Other spread stuff. it on monkey kidney cells. Yeah, and then you take away the nutrients, and then you add amphotericin, which is a kidney poison, and genomycin, which is a kidney poison. And then what happens? It the kidney cells break down into mi millions of particles, and they say 
that proves the virus exists. Yeah, okay. Now, think about that. That's exactly, I took wood, I didn't find any termites, I put it <laughs> exactly. in termite, in termite uh, egg solution, and then I made it grow, and then I found termites. Now, we, and I, I could show you this if you want, but it's in the book. We, we did the experiment again. So we took, uh, we didn't, we started with nothing from any sick person. We took the monkey kidney cells, right? We added fetal calf serum, just like same amount they do, took away the nutrients, added amphotericin, and you know what happened? It broke down. And it created electron microscopy images that are indistinguishable from SARS-CoV-2. Right. But remember, there was no SARS-CoV-2 there was no flu no anybody. Right. So right. that proves that the breakdown of the tissue, which is not a proof, right? It is the proof that the virus exists and causes disease is a fraud. Yeah. Because it's a result of the experimental process. Now, I can read you, you know, 50 peer-reviewed studies showing, like here, I have one here, electron microscopy. Quote, we are concerned about the erroneous identification of coronavirus directly in tissues using electron microscopy because they describe particles that resemble but do not have the appearance of coronavirus. There's at least 50 studies saying nobody can tell the difference between multi-vesicular uh, breakdown in exosomes and debris versus this so-called virus. Right. Now, interestingly, the guy from Australia who identified it first, and I can practically quote it uh, off the top of my head, said, well, we did this culture and we found these particles, but they didn't look like coronavirus. So we added trypsin. Yeah. And then it looked like a coronavirus. Right. And that's like, I go to the, my barn and I was looking for chickens and all I found was cats. So I taped some feathers on them and look, there's a chicken. Yeah. This is nonsense. Yeah. Then they say they find the genome. And I can, again, read you 20 papers. Oh, Anytime you put fetal calf serum in there that contaminates the specimen, you cannot find the genome. You don't know whether this is coming from the kidneys, from the original unpurified snot, from the fetal calf serum. They put it all in a thing. They, they put it through like a puzzle maker. It's called alignment. Yeah. They create the genome, which never exists in this solution. This, the, the reason I say the termite thing is because the people you should be skeptical of is a termite company that, by the way, sells you termite killing powder, which everybody should spray on their house. Uh, they're the ones who say, I have a way of, of finding the termites. Well, you better be real sure that every step of that process is actually scientific and controlled, because I can tell you it's frank nonsense 
So here's what it boils down to. Why are people getting sick? What people are doing is they're looking at symptoms and they're saying, well, you have the symptoms of COVID-19 and they're using finger quotes because again, COVID-19 does not stand for coronavirus. It stands for Certificate of Vaccination Identification. That's the plan. It's patented. Where did they, where did they find this? Where did they make it? They made it in a lab by taking a bunch of goo, injecting it all together, sucking it up into a syringe, and then popping it into human beings. And then they let those human beings go out into the world, get on airplanes and fly everywhere. And because of electromagnetism and them being around other people, again, as I've said in the past, not coughing or sneezing, as even Dr. Cowan just said, it's not coughing or sneezing. It's just being around them through electromagnetism that they end up getting ill. Their cells end up getting ill and sloughing off because they're feeling the same, they're feeling the ill effects of that unrecognizable person in their unrecognizable immune system. So they get ill. The, the innocent walking around, the, the original people who were jabbed. And then patient zero, I guess you would probably call it, the, the very first individuals to be injected with this. And then, of course, those individuals who get ill go around other people, and then they get ill, and so on, and so on, and so on. What, what, makes, it, what makes this entire thing even worse than that is it turned out that the basic immune system could slough off and get rid of, without too much complication, this particular illness that was ultimately, that was first injected into a person, because again, it was poison. So poison was injected into a person, like I said, and then that person moves their way around other people. But it wasn't killing off people fast enough, so they created something that would kill people off even faster, which was the quote-unquote vaccine. Now we know the vaccine doesn't work, and the vaccine is compromising people's immune systems. So they're keeping the ball rolling by saying, well, if they're, if they're vaccinated and they're ill, it must go back to being COVID. It must be the original mysterious illness that travels through the air and you can cough and sneeze on people. The entire thing is bullshit. The whole thing is 100% bullshit. But it's all based on them perpetuating the lie of virology. So that's my answer. And again, I would encourage anybody to look it up. Get on BitChute and type in, again, the lie of virology or virology or the theory of viruses or anything like that. And the videos that will pop up, you need to start watching because it goes back in time very quickly. In fact, I'll link it again in the description below one particular bit shoot video, which is a must watch, but it describes it to a T. It goes back in history, names the names, names how simple the process is. And as Judge Judy would say in her alleged infinite wisdom, but she's right about this, when you tell the truth, you don't need a good memory. But unfortunately, maintaining a lie here in this case is more profitable than telling the truth. So with that said, ladies and gentlemen, have a great week. Again, I'll catch you on Wednesday, and there might be two episodes on Wednesday, including a Canadian update from Stacy and Damien. So until then, take care. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.